what's going on crypto land my name is phil this is the fun with crypto podcast we are in season two and this is episode 26 well we've got a really great episode we did a second round of the lightning node roundtable which was pretty awesome and in this episode we have with us on the um on the discussion, we've got uh, at Suheb uh, from Ride the Lightning. We've got BTC Socialist from World Crypto Net, and we've got at Google, um, who is a uh, recent contributor to the LND project by way of the Macaroons and TLS certs. So um, this is. Uh, this is definitely, and we also get a uh, a uh, a pop in by uh, by fluid voice, and we talk about the uh, the atomic pie for a bit. Um, so, anyways, yeah, we had a, a really great discussion, and uh, you know, we talk about the uh, the updates to uh, to ride the lightning, and um, we also talk about the uh, the devices that uh, BTC Socialist is working on, and the uh, San Francisco conference that's coming up, and Google gives us a really really incredible in depth breakdown of macaroons and TLS certs. So, hope everybody's excited. Here's our second Lightning Node Roundtable panel discussion. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. We have the, uh, this is the second Lightning Roundtable. And with us, we have uh, BTC Socialist. Um, We also have uh, Oliver, or on Twitter known as uh, Google. And we also have Suheb, who uh, does the uh, Ride the Lightning interface, and myself, Coin Icarus. So I want to thank all you guys for joining us. And what we're going to do is is that uh, we're going to start off with uh, uh, we're going to start off with Oliver because uh, Oliver has made some pretty interesting contributions to uh, to LND, and uh, I, I'd like him to uh, give us his uh, maybe a bit of his rabbit hole story and uh, how he got into this and and what he's working on. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm Oliver. Um, I started uh, uh, with Bitcoin in early 2017 because of a friend. He told me, "Hey, look, you're a techie, you're a developer. You have to look into this." Uh, so I did. Uh, I uh, went in, uh, made a deep dive on the technical side. I played around uh, with many different coins. I built my own wallets and uh, cryptography tools just to figure out how all this stuff works, how the signature works, how uh, transactions are built. So I I built a lot of uh, dummy tools for myself to just uh, figure out um, how everything is connected. Um, And yeah, then I thought I really want to contribute to this space. I want to build software that uh, yeah helps this whole ecosystem. And I'm not the C programmer or C++, so Bitcoin D, Bitcoin Core was, was uh, it's still out of my reach. I, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable to really get into this, but then I found uh, Lightning in uh, was that late 2017 when there was no mainnet version around? And I thought, yeah, yeah, go. That sounds like a yeah, new language. So that sounds like something I could uh, learn and uh, play around with. And so I did. And uh, I started creating my first contributions to LND in early 2018. And a lot, uh, some of them got merged pretty right away, and so I was very enthusiastic. And I started uh, implementing um, some feature requests that were in the GitHub repo. And um, it, it so happens that most of them uh, had something to do with the macaroons. So I really got into this topic as well. I uh, uh, yeah, tried to figure out how. Uh, how these work and why they have potential and why, yeah, what we could do with them. And um, I did most of that work um, last year when uh, some friends and I, we took off work uh, for a month and we went to Greece and we just went coding away on uh, different Bitcoin and Lightning stuff. So we had the pool outside and we just uh, coding and sunbathing for a month and that was really cool. And yeah, I also brought this whole uh, Bitcoin and uh, Lightning 
bringing topic to my company or the company I work for. I'm just an employee, but um, we we got some budget and we built some use cases that you you might even have seen on Twitter. Uh, we built this uh, self-order point of sale screen in Bern for the restaurant Energy Kitchen, where you can just uh, order food by directly paying a QR code that's displayed outside. So you can get your real life blockchain from uh, this coffee shop. And we also built uh, we also built uh, this uh, lightning enabled beer tap, which you might have seen. We, uh, we brought it to Munich. Um, yeah, BTC Socialist posted uh, several pictures and videos, so uh, you, you, yeah, you might have seen that as well. So, yeah, we built uh, several things, and the, the the software that powers this is uh, called the SUS server, like uh, the the same name as the mobile app, but uh, there's the, yeah, it's just a name collision. It has nothing to do with uh, our stuff, but you can build your own. Um, self-order machine with that. So it's all open source. It's all on our uh, company GitHub page. So if you search for Sue uh, server, you should find our software. Um, yeah, so that's basically it. Uh, do a lot of stuff in my uh, spare time, free time that's uh, on L&D and also uh, something on company time, then it's the yeah, Sue server, exactly. That's awesome. Can I, uh, are we uh, able to maybe post a link to that in our, in the show notes after? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Cause I'd love to share that. That'd be amazing. So yeah, I'll put the links into uh, our uh, Twitter uh, group and then you can post it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're, we're going to come back to you after, because I, I want to, I definitely want to ask you more about macaroons and TLS certs um, because I, I think that for you know, like uh, for, for the average user, I, I think that that's all very magical, you know, and, and mystical. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's uh, it's out there. So I'm definitely going to want to come back to you. Um, but uh, what I'm going to do is I, I want to uh, just go over to uh, to Suheb. Uh, how, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. So um, I just wanted to talk to you quickly uh, as well about um, I know that uh, recently I uh, found out from Matt O'Dell that uh, that you guys uh, put your interface in, uh, in in the noddle as well. Is that um, is is that official that uh, you guys are going to be there? Yeah, and it's uh, it's not a recent uh, development actually. It's been uh, we've been with Noddle for at least four or five months. Actually. Oh wow! If not uh, if not more. Yeah, so I've been working closely with uh, Keto Miner. I've been interacting with Keto Miner for a long time actually. Uh, and this was even when, uh, like, we were even a little, uh, you know, lower on our feature, uh, you know, uh, features that we have on the UI. Uh, so I started like speaking with um, or trying to interact with uh, Keto Miner uh, when I saw that you know Nodal is coming up with a full node solution. And uh, if you look at our, you know, our vision for RTL per se, right? It is primarily. Uh, like geared towards a full node or a routing node uh, operator, right? So, uh, because we uh, expose a lot of LND functionality, a lot of LND complexity uh, on the UI. Uh, although we try to kind of structure it in such a way that, uh, you know, when you go through the functional uh, controls, it makes a logical sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, but our objective is to kind of give a, uh, an organized fashion. A complete uh, API offering that LND has, so that uh, you know uh, you can perform all the functions without actually going to the command line. And uh, if you look at the API coverage right now that we have for LND, it's more a little over sixty-one percent, uh, a little over sixty percent basically. So we are covering a lot of functionality, and uh, our objective is to keep uh, covering as you know as more and more function features become available. Uh, you know whatever makes sense for the users. Uh, make it available so that, you know, there is less and less uh, interaction required for the command line and you can do most of the functions on the UI itself. Uh, so, and with that objective, you know, when that was the vision always. So when we started developing, it was a logical thing for us to kind of look at, you know, who are the hardware solution providers who are, uh, you know, rolling out Lightning, Bitcoin plus Lightning, uh, you know, solutions. So that's what, so when we started speaking with Raspberry Blitz a long time back, so, you know, speaking with Nordle was also a kind of a logical extension. 
So I reached out to Ketominer and, and he was interested, uh, you know, uh, he was doing a lot of infrastructure, hardware related stuff, uh, but he was a little, uh, you know, he was trying to find a good solution which fits from a UI perspective. So that kind of clicked uh, well with him. He started testing our UI and then he rolled out uh, RTL on, on Node as well. I have a question for you. Do you have any, um, do you have any plans or I should ask, have you had any demand for a, uh, a mobile app? Um, because like that'd be, I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool, but to your So this is a suggestion. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, if you look at RTL right now, the response, the interface is responsive. So yeah. you can actually open the UI on a mobile interface, uh, but it is not optimized well. We, while we try to ensure that we uh, reduce our, uh, you know, resolution or controls for the mobile interface as well, uh, so that it scales, uh, but it is not a you know, a web, it's, it depends on how mature uh, web applications would run on a mobile browser. Mm. So there's a technical limitation there as well. And uh, that kind of uh, kind of restricts us to from providing a lot of polished UI features like a typical native app would be. Uh, but uh, I mean, we, we've been, we always make sure that whenever we roll our functionality, we are always adjusting it for mobile resolution as well. So that's always a design consideration when we are doing it. Uh, but it's not a full feature mobile app. Uh, that's also a possibility we can do that, but we are trying to restrict the technical uh, limitation that we have to deal with uh, so that we can continue to you know roll out features, basically. Cool. Um, another question for you, because I, I noticed that, obviously, as I play with my Raspy Blitz, um, okay, so through through the, uh, the Lightning interface, and maybe I just didn't see it correctly, but um, I, I noticed, uh, like, over there, I don't have access to my my on-chain Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't uh, generate an address. Like you know when you're in the Raspy Blitz and, and you're through the uh, the command line. You know you can yeah. go there and obviously you know create your your payment address. Yeah. I, I've always wondered: has anybody asked about doing that through the Ride the Lightning web interface? Because you have guys, that. you guys are. I'm sorry. That feature we have. So oh. if you, in the menu list, uh, there is a section called LND Wallet. Yeah. So if, if you click on that, there you'll be able to generate a new address and you can send out your coins also. If you want to sweep all your coins out, you can do that and you can receive coins as well. So and there's a QR code also that is generated. So if you have a mobile app through which you want to sell uh, funds to your uh, Lightning node, uh, so you can do that. So there's a there's okay. a section called LND Wallet. And yeah, I've been there. I'll go back and double check because I mean I've definitely opened channels with it and mine's up and running. But I I just I was always you know like when you want to send funds to your node for yeah. B, for on chain BTC, like yeah. I I never found the spot where I could generate the the Bitcoin wall uh, you know the the Bitcoin address to send the funds to. Sure. So, so I'll look double for check. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> look in the wallet. Uh, you'll find it there. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. What, um, what version are you on as well? Because there is, it does generate the QR code, doesn't it? Which is then displayed on the actual, yes, uh, it does. The screen. Yep. Well, I, I'm still on one one, so. Oh, RTL one one. Oh yeah, okay. Well, so, I mean, I'm on Raspy Blitz one one. I should say. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, so RTL, if you go to the latest version three point three, actually, uh, the LND wallet feature was available even in the initial release that we had. That was one of the basic functions which we introduced. So okay. no matter which version you're on, you should be able to find it. Okay. I don't think it's as slick though, is it? Because I think the... Did we lose BT Socialist? Uh, I think he, yeah, I think he may have uh, just frozen up. Because, I, I mean, definitely the LND wallet part of it. But do you, do you get what I mean with the uh, the on-chain funds with, you know, sending to the, the base Bitcoin wallet? Yes, yes, very much. I, 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 I'm going to go back a, and double check. I may be just totally misunderstanding. I apologize. <laughs> no problem. It's just the second menu, actually. So from the home, the second menu is uh, LND Wallet. You should be able to find it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, so so let me ask you this. Is there Are there any features that uh, that are coming up that uh, that you can discuss or that you'd like yeah. to discuss? <laughs> Definitely. So... Uh, the biggest feature at this point, the big feature that we are working on is the um, the native solution for uh, channel backups. Uh, and uh, what we are trying to do is uh, give uh, an ability to uh, upload the channel backup file um, to a cloud service like a, like a Google or a Dropbox, 
uh, and we will also try to add options for integration with BTC Pay Server so that you know BTC Pay Server has the flexibility to uh, you know back up the channel backup file into you know whatever user preference uh, is provided in uh, in BTC Pay Server. So. Yeah. I have one question for you about that backup. Um, sorry, before you continue, are is there any plans to make it so that you can save it uh, through the browser, let's say to your desktop, not just uploading it to the cloud? So I'm, I'm just looking at it. Sorry, I'm just looking at it like a Windows user, you know, so that I could save a, a backup locally. Yeah, there should be uh, an option for you to do that. Uh, well, RTL, uh, if there, there's a RTL, uh, there will be a backup folder within RTL where the backups will be, uh, you know, maintained. And you can actually go to your file system and, you know, save that file wherever you want to. Uh, we, I, we, what we want to do is make sure that when we are adding features to upload files uh, somewhere else, uh, you know, it does not introduce, uh, you know, vulnerabilities, you know, because when we start interacting with the file system, there's a chance that it... Uh, ah. you know, you know, so we have to be very careful the aspect. Uh, so those are the things that we are paying attention to, and based on whatever is the safest option, we'll provide you. A, a, you know, a I, I like that, to... Suheb. That that's that's good. Thank you. I, I didn't even I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking of convenience over security. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's where we have to pay, pay you know attention that uh, you know we don't add uh, vulnerabilities when we are adding aspects of interacting with the file system. Um, another big item that we are working on, uh, and I've been talking about it for a while, actually, uh, integration with C Lightning, uh, but uh, that is still, uh, you know, a little far away. Uh, there's a lot of work that we have to do in creating a API layer uh, for C Lightning, and uh, you know, there's a aspect of learning C Lightning as well, which uh, which I've been doing for a while now. Uh, but C Lightning has its nuances and kind of we are kind of going through increasing. I already have a published um, uh, API repo on GitHub that, that I'm continuing to build, uh, but it's still kind of uh, you know far away. I'm, but I'm very excited about that. You know, we are very excited about uh, developing integration of, you know, with C Lightning. That's something that we are looking forward to. Very cool. Very cool. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I, I don't have a C Lightning node yet, so I mean, this is you know, all of my nodes are LND. So. Yeah, LND actually. If you if you uh, look at LND and C Lightning per se, they're uh, even though you have to operate the command line, uh, LND has a much easier uh, you know path for onboarding new users because of the documentation that it makes available. Um, uh, whereas with C Lightning, I, I struggle a bit. You know, um, maybe I don't know whether if I'm too lazy to search for. <laughs> or it is not that easy to find, uh, but I always have to kind of go to the command line, you know, pull up help, uh, and then try to figure out how to, you know, uh, interact with that node. Uh, but the good thing is having an experience with LND. There are some there's some basics that we have learned, and I find it easier now to like understand uh, C Lightning. Uh, but still, there are nuances, uh, and uh, you really have to like dig deeper into C Lightning's own uh, take on how Lightning could function uh, to really, you know. Start working with that. I think someone's working on a plugin for C Lightning to actually make it uh, interface compatible with LND. So you could just um, use this plugin, and then it has the same interface, uh, gRPC interface as LND, because all mm -hmm. the the commands are already very similar. So maybe you could use that one once it's available. Yeah, so I actually looked at, when I started going down that path, I actually looked at the options available. Uh, there is uh, one uh, API library called Lighter, uh, which has a gRPC type interface available for C Lightning, Eclair, and LND. So it kind of gives you one common layer, right? So you it need not matter which particular Lightning implementation you are, do, you are implementing, you can just use that. But the problem there is that it's a gRPC interface, and RTL needs... Um, you know, REST APIs. So, uh, okay. so that's why we started writing our own. Yeah, but I definitely agree there's a bit of learning curve there. So that's what is kind of taking time for us to get to the point where we can actually integrate the UI. Okay. Very cool. Um, okay, so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna move on to uh, BTC Socialist uh, just to see if he has uh, What's going on? I, I know that you're going to be heading out to uh, San Francisco and uh, tell us a little bit more about what's happening. 
Yeah, man. Uh, um, I'm a bit worried, though, because my computer keeps crashing. So if I crash, then, you know, just carry on without me and then I'll, I'll just hop back in. And uh, yeah, so no I'm going problem. to San Francisco to the Bitcoin conference um, and uh, I'm making some. They released a little video on Twitter, made some little modules um, which uh, accept. So it's kind of like my, you know, ESP32 and then a little relay, a little battery and then a nice little screen which displays the QR code. And then, so when you pay a lightning transaction, it then just turns the relay on um, and switches the coin mechanism on an arcade machine uh, to then give you a credit on the arcade. Um, uh, so uh, OpenNode are um, the company who've kind of commissioned me to make these things. They've hired like 10 arcade machines, which are going to be around the San Francisco conference. And they're all going to have these modules and you can go up to them and boom, and you can pay for credits on these arcade games. It's a nice little like uh, implementation. I really like retrofitting devices uh, with the ability to accept lightning payments. I'm far more interested in that than, than making like new devices. Um, like you can see here, I've got like a, um, a point of sale terminal. I want to retrofit that so it looks at lightning payments um, as opposed to you know the one next to it, which is my own little point of sale terminal I've made. Um, so if anyone's watching this on, on World Crypto Network, then you'll know that I make you know these little tutorials experimenting with hardware and the, the SP32, which is this thing here, is like my base microcontroller. It's like $5 incredibly low energy um, and you can do a lot with it it's very functional uh, one of the things I wanted to um, uh, talk about was um, in the last uh, roundtable thing we did uh, there was a lot of discussion around the blitz screen and getting it to be more interactive well the SP32 Express if we make the SP32 microcontroller they've released like an official supported version of their um, development framework for little VGL uh, which is uh, for making GUIs and stuff. So I've got like a screen here, which is a TFT touchscreen uh, screen. Um, with that, I can make a little GUI, which then basically does what RTL does, um, but through the SP32. So uh, the way the last couple of tutorials I've done on my my, my uh, on World Crypto Network, I've just got the the SP32 to like collect info on um, on the node and then display it on an e-paper display, a bit like this one, um, and then um, I've extended that, but I haven't released a tutorial yet. Obviously, it displays QR code and you can pay. And it basically does what my other um, ability, payment modules have done, uh, but without using like a custodian, just talking to the node directly. Um, well, as it's doing these API calls and post and get requests through the REST, LND REST API, um, the GUI of the um, uh, little VGL could do all that functionality as well. So one of the things uh, I wanted to ask on the RTL side was, I thought it would be quite nice if users have, obviously they've got the ride the lightning option, and then to have that same sort of coloring and branding and style, if I kind of built that into the, the GUI of this, because this is essentially doing the same thing, it's like a sort of seamless experience then, isn't it? So, I mean, obviously you could have like your mobile phone and you could access your, your lightning node that way, but to have this as a, as, a, as a fixed feature somewhere where you can access functions on your lightning node and you know, you can you can check it. You can you can top up your on-chain balance, get it to display QR code and all this. You'll basically do what the Raspberry Blitz screen currently does. Plus, it will have uh, the ability for you to interact through touch screen and then run you know different functions for different get and post requests using the LND uh, REST API. So I was pretty interested in like nicking the the, the you know the, the style of, of RTL and trying to make it look. Although it's not obviously the same project, but like trying to make it. Um, complement the project, you know, like uh, so you kind of get that seamless experience. Does that make sense? Anyone can you hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can I, hear you, but I think Suheb just dropped off. I think he was oh, trying to oh, respond. Yeah, okay, That's yeah, why. That, um, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, so, so I'm Nobody super interested in hardware stuff. Um, I also did an interview with um, Oliver uh, a couple of last, last week um, on his work on macaroons. And uh, we've got a lot in common on, on how interested we are in this ability to have custom cat macaroons. That's something else which I will manage. There's so much to talk about. I don't really know where to start. So, yeah, we've got the San Francisco conference. Looking forward to that, making these little modules. That should be cool. Also going to do a tutorial there. Um, so if, you, if you're going to the San Francisco conference, come and see me. Um, and then you can sit down. You can experiment with the SP32, get it to talk, accept uh, lightning um, uh, 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 invoices, and then display them as a QR code and pay them. Um, I've also got some little keypads so we can turn it into a little point of sale device. So I'm going to be doing tutorials on that in San Francisco. Um, on uh, on the, the, the Blitz front, 
um, trying to get this screen to work as a blitz screen, but with touchscreen capability. And then um, uh, on the macaroon front with Oliver, really interested in the, the custom cat macaroons. I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, so, so yeah, so, but now you're back, like at RTL. So yeah. do you reckon that would be cool if I did that, if I kind of nicked your style? So, sorry, I, I was not able to listen to the whole conversation. Can you repeat the, the question again? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So in the last roundtable, we talked about um, um, uh, getting the Blitz screen to have some interaction. So when you could, like, you know, you could press buttons and you could access different functions. As you were saying, there's security vulnerabilities. The more of that stuff you build in to the, to the Blitz, then you're yeah. obviously getting security trade-offs. Yeah. Um, what I've been, I've experienced, so Espressif, who makes the SP32, they've released an official... Uh, support for little VGL, which is like a, um, a, a touchscreen GUI um, uh, library. Okay. Um, and this thing can do get and post requests uh, to the LND um, uh, REST API. Mm -hmm. So uh, you could essentially do what we were talking about getting the Blitz screen to do last last time mm -hmm. on, on that thing. Um, but you could do it using the CSP32. So all the Blitz is getting is get and post requests. So you're not, so you're, you're, you're like air gapping that vulnerability. You've also got the added bonus of being mm -hmm. able to keep your nose somewhere super safe and mm -hmm. then have your screen somewhere. You could have somewhere fairly public, you know, yeah. uh, if you've got limited functionality on it. Um, mm -hmm. But what I was asking was, because it'd be quite nice to kind of get a seamless experience is if I could kind of like nick some of the style of the RTL project mm -hmm. and then try and like the color and brand the, the, um, the, the GUI of this when it eventually turns into a project, if it does, um, uh, uh, so you kind of get that s similar experience. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does definitely. Yeah, we can definitely explore and see. Uh, you know, uh, from a hardware perspective. So when we are thinking of UI, we have to look at the resolution capability of the device. Uh, and so RTL specifically is a web UI, right? So I don't know whether this particular interface would support a, a browser. Right? No, no, it would. It wouldn't. So it wouldn't. It wouldn't be exactly the um, uh, ride the lightning um, interface. It more. It'd obviously be kind of like a modulized okay. version of it. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, so it would have like different menu screens. You'd have to hop from menu screen to menu screen. Step. It gets different functionality. We just kind of had. My idea was to try and steal some because obviously RTL looks nice. To try and steal just some of the uh, the style. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think yeah, it makes sense. I agree with that. That's cool. Well, I look forward to that. This will be my next hack then, which I'm going to be hopefully developing on. I'll be curious, like what UI technology you would use, uh, yeah. you know, what kind of support will be available for UI controls on a, like a small uh, interface. It will be more mobile, closer to mobile type UI, right? Oh, sorry, say that again. Uh, the UI framework that you will use to provide these controls on this little uh, interface, right, will be more closer to the uh, mobile type, uh, you know, UI libraries available. Uh, than a web, uh, you know, web UI per se. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be more like it'd be more that like that sort of experience. I mean, you could arguably just use an app, like you know, uh, um, uh, Chris was saying, you could just use an app which then uh, does that on your phone. Um, yeah. But this would kind of be like a, a permanent fixture somewhere. You yeah. know, maybe it'd have limited functionality, so you could just literally, you know, check if if, if your if your channels are on or whatever, or yeah. check the the just the the, uh, and then maybe you could fund your on-chain address or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. It can be like a, you know, temperature control device, right? Where you go and check <laughs> at home. You can go and check, okay, what is the status of my node, right? You know? That stuff's that useful. So, like, I've been making a point of sale for Room 77 in Berlin, um, yeah. and I've been interacting with their, their node, um, yeah. um, uh, which Christian set up. Now, uh, Jörg, the guy who owns Room 77, he's got really, like, weird internet connection, and the node keeps dropping out. Um, so I'm like developing, and then all of a sudden my little gizmo doesn't work, and I'm like, why is it not working? I think it's me and my software. Yeah. So all I did was make like the simplest little. I just got an ESP32. Yeah. I got it downstairs. Two LEDs, one red, one green, and yeah. then when the nodes online, it's just green. And then as soon as it cuts out, it just goes red. And that's yeah. so useful. It's like the simplest thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and if you if you you know if you if you're using your node just to have like a visual. Uh, um, there's something in the room with you, so if you if your node drops off, then you you know you can see it straight away. I, I know I found that really useful. So yeah, I um, find that particular uh, feature a uh, lot more useful when somebody is actually operating a lot of uh, you know routing nodes. So if somebody is a professional routing node uh, you know operator, so there's there's so much information that they have to keep track of, right? So these controls can really help them 
develop a, like a you know bird's eye view of you know which mm-hmm. node you know is functional which node is failing do i need to go and check uh, you know uh, what is the problem with that particular node i so, mean it's it's all time isn't it but it's very probable that you could have this device and you could have like visual representations of all the nodes which you're running exactly. and then if one goes down or like you could click on one and then you know access obviously you can access if it went down but you could then access them individually because then all, all you're doing is just changing the um you're just changing the, uh, the the URL, aren't you, of the uh, for the and the, the certificate, uh, the TLS certificate. I, I see that you know, like I said, like you know, more data center type of operation where you can have these displays running, and you can figure out okay, you know, you know these these this node is misbehaving, so let me go and check and see you know what is the problem basically. Yeah, it's a very worthy project. It's just time though, isn't it? Everything's time. Yeah. Like, jeez. <laughs> I'd love to have a um, what one thing I'd love to to see would be, and I, I don't know if it can be done, but essentially a, a generic web UI where you could manage all your different types of nodes because there's the Noddle, BTC Pi, the Raspy Blitz. There's going to be we know Staticus is working on the uh, you know with the, that Shift Crypto team, the Bitbox, uh, mm-hmm. the you know their note like that would be. I mean. You know, and then if you think I about think, it, right, yeah, that's the, like that's you said the before, that... just having like a unified like API, like one one API which they all kind of use or agree upon, then that would be that useful. Yeah. So on that particular front, right, we are trying to create um, uh, or handle the UI of uh, you know within one UI handle multiple nodes. And uh, so right now, if you look at RTL's feature uh, list, there is a feature called multi-node uh, management where you can actually connect multiple nodes through the single UI. So all you have to do is, uh, you know, multiple LND nodes we can manage through one UI. Uh, so you will be able, you can go in your settings and you can switch to a different node, right? And then you don't need to really log into the, you know, a different device or a di- log type a different IP address. Within the same UI, you can just go to the settings, switch the node and, you know, look at that uh, that node particularly basically. so stupid question though would uh, is there and, and I know because casa you know has their proprietary stuff would we possibly be able to monitor a node like a casa node through this UI uh, so it depends like how much flexibility casa is providing you would That's... need to take out the settings um, uh, so RTL would you have to configure a multi-node config JSON file and then within the JSON file, there is uh, you know one section for each node. So if you configure your settings, and you have to actually also uh, put your macroon file uh, on the server on which RTL is running. So if you have the macroon file for different nodes, oh okay, and you have the settings of what is the IP address for each of those nodes, then you can just go to the setting and switch to different nodes. But we our vision is ultimately to actually uh, provide a unified dashboard. So then, you know, you have, so instead of actually even switching to a, through a different node, you can actually, in one view, when you log in, you can actually see a lot of information from different nodes. We can summarize uh, high level parameters on a single dashboard. So that is the next level of integration we want to do on a multi-node management. But right now also we have the feature where you can, through a single UI, you can switch to different uh, L&D nodes. And once we have the C-Lightning integration available, we can add the C-Lightning integration as well in that JSON file. You know what? This, this, this is a really cool license model, if you think about it, you know, yeah. <laughs> one to five nodes, yeah. right? I, I think and, it's great. I, I think it's genius, right? I mean, we got to we got to get it out there, you know, and like people have to, you know, I mean, this stuff doesn't come for free. You know, it, it takes time and it takes effort. And I, uh, I, I got to tell you, man, if you, you do something like that, I am most likely going to end up paying for it. <laughs> so. So, uh, yeah, and that feature particularly is more useful if you are a routing node operator. And I would assume that a routing node operator would be operating multiple nodes, right? So yeah. they would want to track uh, all of their nodes through a single UI. So uh, that makes okay. it makes more sense for, you know, those type of technical uh, users. So you think, than... do you think there is a business case for, for routing node operators? I do. I can't... I do think there's a business case, and uh, and actually, I think that the reason why we don't see it yet is the same reason that most people couldn't see Bitcoin when it was worth almost nothing. It's right now they're just it doesn't have the I mean, and it's growing, but it doesn't have the network that it will. And when it yeah. does, I I believe that people are, and I've said this before, I truly believe that um, people are are totally discounting the uh, the the fee model in Lightning. 
and but doesn't it just drive prices operate. down 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 to nothing like isn't it isn't it a race to the bottom price wise like you know bitcoins supported just by people running nodes for themselves it, it is um, now it is now because uh, right now what you see is a very uh, nascent or experimental stage uh, of the network adoption right yeah. you don't see a lot of the liquidity if you look at it right um, so the way i foresee the network growth is that you'll have multi multiple tiers tiers of liquidity right and at each tier of liquidity uh, there will be a fee range mm-hmm. right so and basically that's how kind of lightning is designed also right the uh, the, the routing fee which is charged is based not just on uh, you know the transaction itself but uh, how much you are sending right so uh, that's how the fees is charged so obviously it kind of once you start getting a lot of competition right now what you'll see is when you send a large amount of uh, you know transaction a large amount of money through lightning network the fees that you, know, you have to pay will be much higher whereas if you, you send a small amount of money uh, the fees will be negligible right it will be almost zero now what i foresee is uh, this is the case because there is no competition in higher volumes of liquidity right uh, right now that kind of is monopolized very few nodes are having high capacity channels that's why it's kind of mon- monopolized uh, but then you have but then you have payment splitting so you can split like a big payment into lots of little bits anyway yeah when you get amp yeah, yeah. that then it is a different uh, that different ball game yeah I agree. yeah but I, i i still feel that it's a kind of a very nascent stage of the network we have not seen um really how the network's fee model will evolve but i i, I still feel that there is definitely um an incentive to earn the routing fee and people are going to actually invest a lot of time in coming up with the uh, algorithms to yes. optimize the deployments of liquidity finding out um, you know disk network discovery there'll be a lot of data analysis which can happen uh, to really figure out what is the best place for you to actually deploy your liquidity well, i suppose the question is does it does it does in order for lightning network to to work does it need to have um uh, like a a, a fee based system I, i don't know if it does i think it would still probably work particularly if you're able to split payments Yeah, I, I think it does because uh, if you look at the overall ecosystem, right? So you see there is a customer side where you know you have wallets, Lightning wallets, who want to make the payment and you know buy the services and or the goods. Now on the other side, uh, you have on the receiving side you have the pay- merchants, right, who are accepting Lightning payments, right? But you still have a big stakeholder of Lightning node uh, op- operators which are actually providing the connectivity. It's impossible for you to connect with every other node, right? So there is a place for uh, the routing node operators and there is a space and where they will be offering that feature and the incentive for them would have to be routing fees otherwise why would anybody want to kind of you know connect a number of people right so uh, what well, it gives I, them it gives them back connectivity um uh, you know and bitcoin's got plenty of nodes people are still going to run full nodes aren't they um uh, so i don't know if it needs what well, I'll, i'll have a chime in on this what what do you think on this one yeah. I will uh, I think there will be a, a fee model uh, establishing itself um I mean now it's it's mostly hobbyists trying their notes at home and don't care if there's uh, any income at all or well uh, at least I don't uh, I I have a look at my note and uh, see yeah okay for satoshis yeah doesn't really earn me that much but i think there will be uh, a huge um business model for for uh, routing fees and i particularly also think um when people are playing around with not just sending payments but maybe also using the tor like uh, onion encryption of the network that we mm-hmm. could also maybe see uh, uh, like a messaging network on top of lightning and then you start getting really a lot of traffic and then you want to charge something uh to run your node i think at the moment it's really because it's so cheap running a lightning node you don't care uh about your fees and you yeah. you put them on the default which is almost zero but if you see a lot of traffic a lot of effort then you might raise your fees and other network operators uh, node operators might do the same so i think it's just yeah we're very early and at the moment maybe there is a few thousand payments per hour uh, yeah we we don't know and that will go up to millions of payments and then every satoshi will will sum up very quickly if you route okay. thousands of payments but so, yeah we, we will see 
So there's uh, there's one thing I, I'd actually, uh, Suheb, there's one thing I'd like to see, at least in the web interface, and this isn't only you guys, I think every node is missing this, but when you're a routing node, okay, because I, I did this, I had an Excel document where every single day I would write down my BTC amount, right? Mm -hmm. I would put what's in my lightning channels, and I would try to figure out, of course, you know, like, am I going up or am I going down? You know, like, are my sats going up or are they going down? So... Mm -hmm. It's and I've noticed that it fluctuates daily, so yeah. it would be really cool to have I, I don't know like a calculation like a little graph to kind of show maybe like you know daily, weekly, you know stuff like that, because I, I think that that's the other thing, right? It, um, going back to you know what Oliver was saying and, and even what you're saying is that you know right now it's experimental, so we don't have so much data, but yeah. you know like I think if we could show people the data that we do have. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it would I, I think it would help people see the bigger picture of it. Yeah. So, so that, that'd be cool. Yeah. So at this point in our uh, evolution of RTL per se, we are not maintaining a local database, right? If you look at um, RTL's uh, you know setup, we just have a config file, yeah. and then uh, we just utilize the uh, the API layer to kind of talk to LND. So what you're getting is uh, what is actually LND returning, basically, right? The data that LND APIs are returning. So there is a possibility that we can create our own database and provide more analysis type, uh, you know, interface where you get more insight into how your different parameters of your network uh, are actually, uh, you know, behaving and uh, whether you are profitable, not profitable, how your liquidity is. There's a lot of work that can actually happen when we create our own local DB, right? Oh, yeah. So that is something that uh, can happen, but right, right now we are not there yet. At this point, our focus is to provide more API coverage um, and also, you know, L&D keeps on developing at lightning pace, right? Um, and uh, there's so much, we are always behind, you know, L&D. So there's always so much catching up to do with L&D's feature list itself that, you know, we cannot get to the point where we can actually add more value. But hopefully, you know, once there is more authentication, uh, you know, there's less features coming in, more stability, then we can kind of add all these good things where, uh, you know, uh, you get more insight into how your uh, node is doing, right, from different parameters. Cool. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'd like to... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, it feels like uh, L&D, they're very much just trying to get as many features in now as they can before before it becomes hard to develop, because uh, yeah. so many people are using it. Um, uh, but it's funny, like like you said, I mean, going to the hack day, there were, there were plenty of people like, who had criticisms of L&D and uh, um, some, of the, you know, some of the documentation, which might not be quite up to scratch. Um, such as like the REST API documentation, which is, I don't think it's been updated for a while. It could probably do with like an intern addressing it and, and trying to polish up a little bit. Um, mm. So no, I think you're right. I think it's just, it's going to become more stable over time, isn't it? They're just trying to get as much in now as they can before. Obviously mm. they have to slow down because um, people like you are struggling so much to keep up. Yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> it's a daily struggle, right? Even uh, if I miss one or two days of Slack, I feel like, uh, you know, I've lost the track of where the action is. <laughs> It's, you know what, I was actually, uh, to your point, you know, it's like you, you'll be writing something and I kid you not, if you don't write it fast enough, it's like obsolete before you publish it, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> the RTL is like riding the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I just want to see, hey, Fluid Voice, are you, because uh, I saw you joined, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, cool. I'm okay, just, thank I you. I just need a fly on the wall monitor. <laughs> no, no, I actually am. I'm really glad that you joined us. Um, I just wanted to, because I wanted to get updates, you know, from everybody. And uh, I know that uh, I've, I, you know, I've been following a lot of your, uh, um, uh, what's it called, your Twitter posts and everything on the Atomic Pie. And I've been seeing you go back and forth a lot, you know, with open noms and everything. And um, I, I just, so how, how's that going? Because I, I'm going to be buying the hardware very soon. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have, I've been busy with other things lately, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There were some rumors about that board. I'm not so sure what kind of future that board has. You know, no. I kind of told, huh? I, I was saying no, like it's uh, because I've been asking, uh, like, is there an image that we can actually use to lay down on that board? And well, yeah, there's various ones that. It, it, I mean, it depends if you just want to. Oh, you mean you mean a Raspberry Blitz image? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we haven't put that up yet. <laughs> We're still testing it. Okay, but so I'm gonna wait. I haven't, had, 
Yeah, the, so there was the rumor was about that board was that it was a bunch of them were bought from some project or company that went, you know, bankrupt or something. I don't know, but I don't know if it's true or not because I sent emails to the to the engineering team that you know make it, and they said that. You know, they, they claim that that wasn't true. This was just somebody on the internet who discovered like some auction of a bunch of the boards that were exactly the same. So, you know, who knows? But, you know, uh, the uh, the crypto, what's the, the, the guy who makes the... Uh, Rick. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes the, the cases, the 3D printing. I told him... Don't don't invest too much time in, in designing anything for it because we don't know yet whether those whether the atomic pie will catch on or be sold you know a lot. We have gotcha. no idea. So I mean it's a it's a it's a great board for the price you know it's great yeah. to experiment with. How much how much are they? Ninety nine. Uh, they no no it was thirty it was thirty five originally I think it's up to like forty forty now or something it's just still like ridiculously cheap because i've been i've been really not i know there's like oh, the o droids the o droids the new o droids like four gig of ram um it's looking pretty sweet eighty dollars yeah um, yeah yeah the thing that i like about the atomic pie is because it's intel based and you know there's there's so many different linux distributions that you can run on it you know like mm -hmm. for example i i ran i installed lubuntu 1904 where HDMI audio is working out of the box and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we don't really care for just using it just for Raspberry Blitz, whether, you know, you can run a GUI on it or not. But I think for developer, you know, if you if you want to experiment with developing and stuff, you know, and maybe creating some kind of UI on top or alongside the Raspberry Blitz, you know, it's, it's useful, I think, for that. That's kind of like what I want to play with it for is, is for experimenting with developing other stuff. Cool. Um, very, very cool. Um, so um, are there uh, are there any updates that uh, that you want to share about the uh, the Raspberry Blitz development or anything or something that you're working on? No, I've been busy with other stuff, which is the reason <laughs> why I was mostly just just listening in with you guys. Oh, Have no worries. Have you built have you built a blitz on top of the Odroid? No. No. Okay. Yeah, I won't mind having a go because you have um you've got the uh, SSD on it. Well, I, you should be able to because obviously the biggest criticism of the blitz is the um, the torrent uh, blockchain, isn't it? So um, with the Odroid, it's possible just to you know have it as a, a download, actually download the, the the blockchain as opposed to using a torrent. Um, so that's partly why I wanted to get it. And I was speaking to Coin Cointar. Um, at uh, the Munich conference, I should get him on here. Actually, he's a good guy, knows his stuff. Um, and he was saying about using, um, I think called Fe Fe Feather Featherbean or Raspbian Feather or something, which is like a a light version of Raspbian, which he could use and then try and try and run the Blitz on that on on the Odroid or something. So I need to pick his brains on how he would suggest doing that. Mm. Um, um, I also like the idea of like the Blitz on roids as well. You know, I think it's quite cool. Yeah, Open Open Noms is experimenting with a lot of other boards well i know about a lot but a few other boards and with other you know raspian i think and uh diet pie some a couple of the other dis distributions there's too much I, I don't have time i don't have time to play with that <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah i was speaking to open noms in, in munich it's a shame he's not on actually because he's on last time um, because of the, for the world crypto users uh, uh world crypto network watch uh, viewers um because uh, i was chatting to him in munich and man that guy knows his nose doesn't he oh yeah yeah it's unbelievable yeah he's a good source good source of information um so we'll have to we'll have to get him on and i'll definitely have to pick his brains on on getting the ojo getting the blitz on the odroid um uh so yeah yeah so um i just want to uh, i just want to turn it uh, turn it back to oliver um because i uh, at the beginning we we started to talk about the uh, the fact that he develops on the macaroons and uh, and TLS and he's got some if um, BTC socialist if I remember this correctly you said he's got some pull requests in on uh, on LND so so Oliver um, how how is are you able to demystify macaroons and TLS for the the average person that is not as technical or 
somehow break it into layman's terms, like what this means for them. <laughs> I I can try. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let, well, let's give it okay. a shot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you mentioned Tielas and macaroons. They're uh, actually pretty separate. They, yeah. Usually have to deal with both type of files, but yeah, they're separate. So let me start with TLS. That's just uh, the SSL encryption or yeah, the TLS encryption. So it's, it's the same that happens in your browser, right? And uh, what LND does, it, it just creates its own certificate that isn't signed by any certificate authority, whatever. It's it's basically not trusted uh, because it, it, it's just created on the fly. So why you need to specify the file uh, on the client uh, in LNCLI is it only can trust one certificate and you have to feed this certificate into the LNCLI. Or if you use gRPC, you have to give it the, the, the certificate and basically tell it, yeah, look, if you receive that one from the server, if it's identical, then you know it's okay. But in the future, and there's already a pull request uh, in from uh, Jost Jager, uh, he's adding Let's Encrypt certificates to LND. So it will, LND will be able to create its own trusted certificate through the Let's Encrypt uh, mechanism. And then you can just connect uh, with a normal trust store if you're operating system. So you you don't need to feed LNCLI or uh, in case of uh, writer lightning, you don't need to feed it a, a certificate anymore. You can just use the trust store of your operating system. So that will be awesome. That's at the moment, that's just a workaround, right? You have to say, yeah, okay, trust this certificate and this certificate only, but that's, yeah, it's just uh, the first step. So we'll, it will get a lot easier after this pull request is, is merged. And then the, the second one, the macaroons, that's how the authentication works. That's once you have uh, the handshake with the server and the connection is set up, you have to um, show that you actually are allowed to use the server. So you present a token and it's, it's similar to a cookie in the web browser, but it's actually a cryptographic setup. So you have... Uh, a payload that is signed and you uh, have a signature and the server can verify that uh, it created this macaroon. So the server has a, a, like a private key, this uh, root key, and uh, then creates an ID, which is just a, a blob of data, a binary blob of data, and creates a signature with this key, with a, a, a HMAC, so a hashed uh, message authentication code. Um, and the output is a signature and only the server can verify it uh, because the server is the only one who has the private key. So that's that's a basic setup, but what macaroons uh, allow is that if I get a macaroon and I don't have the private key because I'm just uh, a client, I can still go ahead, take the signature, add a restriction to the macaroon, create a new signature, and then only send this this new signature to to the server. Um, or I could even give this new macaroon to someone else who could then even add more restrictions. So if you get a macaroon from the server, you can yourself uh, restrict what is possible to do with this macaroon. Basically, if you get have the admin macaroon from the server, you, you can do everything. But then you can go ahead and add a restriction and say, okay, now let's make it only valid for 10 seconds. And then you send this new macaroon that you created yourself with the new signature over the network. And if anyone intercepts it, it's, it will only be valid for 10 seconds. And because of the wow. cryptographic setup, no one can take away the restrictions because you need to know the root key that is used to create the macaroon. And, and because it's chained through this HMAC, the, the previous signature is taken as a key for the next one. So you need to know the, the start of the chain. Anyone can add restrictions, but no one but the server can take any away. So I can give you a macaroon and restrict it to your IP address or um, 
one of the pull requests I created is I could um, create an account that is, yeah, just what it says. Uh, um, I can create an account on my uh, L&D node, give it a few Satoshis, and then give you a macaroon that is locked to this account. Then you could use this macaroon to come to uh, to connect to my server and spend these macaroons that are uh, these satoshis that are on this account so i could give you access to my node but restrict how much you can spend and i could do this with a macaroon that's so, genius yeah so i could even um give my uh, parents a, a cell phone create a qr code with a macaroon set up an account for them they give me some fiat and then they can use my notes to start using lightning or you know, that, or uh, allowance for children I, that's what i was just gonna say i i'm like that is absolutely genius so okay. what we, we were we were talking about uh, the use case. I mean, the, the NFC card payment thing, and like in Europe here, we we often use the the tap and pay cards. Um, so a bank card, you can tap and pay. And the security trade off is you can only spend you know X amount per day uh, and like three transactions of thirty quid or whatever it is. So if someone gets your card, they can technically spend that amount of money, but that's a security trade off. Whereas, so they're waiting in order to be able to do this. I was handing over like you know, the keys to the kingdom. Like somebody could just take, go and take all my funds. Whereas if you've got like a custom macaroon, um, then you could have it restricted. So it has that same restriction. Yeah, if you get that macaroon, you can use it, you know, um, every day and you can extract this amount every day. Um, but as soon as you lose your card with that macaroon on, then you just delete that macaroon and then flash the macaroon onto a, onto a new card or, or whatever. Um, uh, uh, and then we did also speak um, uh, in our interview with Oliver. He spoke about then adding that caveat so having a little logic chip in the card, so it adds the caveat that you can use this macaroon for a few seconds. So you're then giving the macaroon to the to the the merchant. The merchant is then taking the funds from your account on your behalf and putting it to their account. But they've only got a few seconds to be able to take you know that amount out. Um, so if someone intercepts it, they can't then use that macaroon again. It's so cool. It's it's really incredible. Um, and really the, there is just a whole a whole set of uh, use cases. What about like money? Would that help money streaming, Oliver? Could you use that for, for money streaming? So you'd have like a capped amount or or um, repeat payments or something. Um, yeah, in the in the future, the the pull request that is in at the moment is is very basic. So it's a one-time balance, but uh, I plan on on extending that to uh, give it a, a repeat balance. So you could. Give uh, create an account where you say okay, two thousand satoshis per month, and then you can give that to a merchant that can uh, help itself every month to get the, the payment for a service you want to use. Um, so they they themselves have to care about actually getting the money, and you can always delete the account if you don't want to use the service anymore. So you're in full control of your funds because it's the account is on your device, right? And you could also do daily stuff or even say, yeah, okay, every minute you can get a few Satoshis and I'm giving it to a, a video streaming service, whatever. And it cuts off once you, um, you disable the account or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's so many possibilities. And that's just one new restriction with this account. You can implement whatever restriction you can think of. So uh, it, it, it's just the beginning, right? Yeah, I said, like, in our interview, I said, this, you know, this is, this is being your own bank, isn't it? When you can issue accounts and um, you can set up direct debits and you can do all this stuff, which our legacy banks currently do for us now, like, um, and more, you know. Uh, it's, it's like, but it, it's interesting, right? Because it really is being your own bank. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, you know, right now we are so out of control of what we have. And this is really giving us like an overdrive of control. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it, of course, it it, uh, it is complicated. You have to think about a lot of stuff. You have to take control. Yes. Um, but um, if you want to help onboard your family, your friends, that might be uh, an easier option than they themselves handling private keys for the first time. Uh, eventually, we all hope they will get there. But as just to an incentive to actually start using it and seeing how simple it is, you could be custodian for your uh, social circle. I was going to um, say. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is the, it will make a marketplace of custodianship, which I, oh, yeah. I actually think there is something for. Like, there's there's a good case for that, um, which could have like you know front of house and it could have a rating system or whatever. But um, where you dedicate a certain amount of liquidity, which could then be used for other people to use, you know, it could be helped I don't know, loans and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, no, so I think I think it is it's one of those like ideas and, and technologies which will develop a new market, you know, a new new a new industry. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, we're coming up on, uh, you know, we just passed the, uh, the one hour mark on this. Do you guys, uh, do you guys have any, uh, any final thoughts you want to share or anything before we, uh, before we close out today? We're going to go. Uh, not really. I mean, just uh, if you're in San Francisco, you're at the conference, come and see me. Um, we'll fit around. We'll make one of these little devices. Um, uh, I think you could buy them like for like $15 or $20 and then we will, you know, we can make some little projects and start getting it to accept lightning. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, and then just, you know, just stay excited about the technology, play with the hardware, buy some boards, try putting, you know, node software on there. Um, and then contribute what, you know, people just contribute where they can, you know, I'm not a developer, but I'm able to like make little bits and bobs and everyone's able to contribute in some way or another. So I agree. What about uh, what about you, Oliver? You have anything you want to uh, close out with? Um, yeah, if you uh, if anyone has time to play around with my pull requests and test them and give feedback, that would be super helpful because uh, most of them are not merged yet, so they're still uh, the pull requests are still open. So uh, uh, every review uh, really helps a lot, and yeah, we maybe can speed up the process. So that would be awesome. Cool. Suhab. Anything you want to uh, throw in? Uh, final thoughts for uh, from Ride the Lightning World? Yeah, uh, just uh, that you know we are uh, working on the things that I talked about. Uh, you know the pace of development has slowed down a little bit. Uh, you know there are a lot of some other personal distractions also, right? So because of that, you're not able to contribute as much time as we can, but um, as we want to rather. Uh, but uh, just for everybody to know that you know we are here. We are working on it. Uh, you will start seeing a steady stream of releases, uh, you know, uh, sooner or later. So, yeah, just stay tuned. Very cool. Thank you so much. I just wanted to ask Oliver. Sorry, is there like a time frame on when those pull requests on, on when some of that functionality may get worked into macaroons or? Um, that's up to the reviewers, so basically Lightning Lab uh, employees. But um, I know one of the pull requests is is uh, needed for the Shango app to work. So uh, the guy who's doing the Shango app is, is putting a little bit of pressure onto them. Oh, cool. And apparently he was able to get uh, maybe in 0 0.8 out of them. But I don't know if that applies to all of the macaroon pull requests. But um, yeah, maybe in the next version. Oh, well, uh, the the one after zero yeah. seven, which is about to come out, as I've seen. So maybe yeah, no, in zero point eight. Yeah. What one of the little problems I came across? I want to make like I'm making a vending machine, and I want to have a little physical faucet on the side. So if someone so it says free Bitcoin, you go up to it, has a QR code, you scan it, and it gives you like a hundred satoshis or something. But then in order for it to be able to do on on Lightning. Um, which you can then go around to the, the vending machine and then buy some stickers for 100 satoshis. So I'm getting the money back, but someone's got the experience of actually making a, a lightning Bitcoin transaction. Um, uh, and, and, and having a, 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 the ability to have like, make multiple, like many thousands of these accounts with just like 100 or 200 satoshis on, and then have that, that just divide, you know, that faucet, just um, uh, uh, give that macaroon. Um, so someone has access to that, those funds for a period of time would be so so useful so I, I can't wait for it to get merged um uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and apply pressure and if i ever see any of those lnd guys i'll be like do it <laughs> very very cool guys so look i just want to uh you know before we close out um you know we're gonna put that uh that website you were talking about oliver um for that software we're gonna stick that in the show notes i'm obviously gonna put you know links to all your twitter contacts in the show notes and of course, I want to thank every single one of you guys, you know, this morning, you know, for your time and obviously your contributions to the future, you know, the future of our money. So oh, great, man. Thanks. Thanks for organizing this. I think we should do this like because it's so so important to kind of get updates on what's going on in Lightning. Oh, and yeah. um, it's been able to bring people in and talk to them. It's just great. So hopefully you can 
organize this more often. How often are we going to have these then, do you think? Well, you know what? I put out that, uh, you know, that uh, doodle poll and it looks like, so we were kind of split, right? Uh, some people wanted every two months, like uh, Christian, I think, uh, wanted two months. And, uh, you know, everybody that's on this call right now wanted every month. So I'm I'm happy to do it every month. I, I really enjoy doing it and it keeps us, it kind of keeps us all engaged and it keeps us all talking, you know? So... I, I'm gonna good, I'm gonna yeah. put out uh, I'll put out another schedule uh, at the uh, you know in a couple of weeks for uh, for July and uh, and we'll see when we can all get together in July to uh, to see where we're at and then uh, cool. you know talk about the updates. Cheers! Thank you. All right. Thank guys. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. That's fun. Bye. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I'll be posting the contact information for everybody that was on the panel in the show notes. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. If you want to reach me, you could find me on Twitter or Telegram at CoinIcarus. And if you want to reach me by email, it's funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Thank you again for listening and catch you all next time.